God really stirred in me about this, this time. We really have an expectation. Uh, we don't just do this just because it's fun, but really, um, I don't know where my remote is, Irene. It is this, oh, it's way over here. I did not put it over here, I can promise you that. Isaiah chapter 12, listen to this. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. What are we supposed to do when we acknowledge or recognize what God is doing? What do those words say? We're supposed to use our mouths. And we're supposed to proclaim. We're supposed to declare with who we are. What we're accomplishing next Sunday, I promise, is biblical because there's something powerful that happens when we corporately praise God. When your voice speaks what God is doing, when your voice declares the things that God has accomplished, there's something incredible that happens. Psalm 145, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. See, next Sunday is a biblical moment. A lot of times we get to come and hear pastor preach or someone else preach, and, and it's great. But I'm telling you, the Thanksgiving Sunday, before Thanksgiving, whatever you want to say, is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. And it's not because I'm not preaching, but it's because I get to hear what God is doing. I get to be encouraged with one another about what God is accomplishing. What are we grateful for? What are we, we thankful for? One generation speaking to another generation declaring, meditating on God's wonderful works. Last week was Communion Sunday. And I, I pause on Communion Sunday sometimes intentionally. Because you know what tends to happen? The more you do something, the more accustomed you get to it the more, I want to say, desensitized you get to the moment. Do you know how many times I get to share with people or talk with people and, and they've come to church for a service or two and they talk about how powerful the presence of God is or how anointed the service is. They don't ever talk about how good the pastor was, but they talk about what was accomplished in here. And I sit there and wonder to myself, have we become conditioned to goodness that we don't recognize it? Like, is there a possibility in my life? Is there a possibility, maybe not just on Sunday mornings, but, but in my life, in my relationship with God, that I've become so desensitized to His presence 
in his power when I don't see it? My kids, we are completely blessed. I mentioned we've been in Nebraska for 14 years. Uh, my oldest is going to be 13 in January, so that means all they've known is Nebraska, right? Good or bad. Okay, all they've known is Crawford. Um, you, you take that for what you want. You know, when I grew up, steaks weren't that common. Every once in a while, as a family, we went to Bonanza, was the name of the restaurant, and they got a piece of shoe leather that they served to call it a steak, and that's like a steak dinner that we had. Like, that was my encounter with steaks. You went and found the clearance stuff with the stuff that was a little bit brown on the edges, and you cut it off, and you know what I mean? Like, that was what we had. My kids don't understand the goodness that is in western Nebraska. We've been completely blessed with meat ever since we've been here. And so my kids, last night, I made steaks last night. And you know what I served two of my kids? Hot dogs. I'm not proud to say that, by the way. My kids don't even know how good, how blessed we are to have what we have. Remember when I was on a mission trip in Ecuador? In this particular trip, we were in a bus most of the time when we went around the country. We were working with the radio station, so we were letting communities know about this radio station. And we were doing some outreach events in different towns. And we were in and around the Andes Mountains. And I can remember one morning waking up, and I think I've shared this before, but waking up and you're on like... In all, I'm even like a spiritual come to Jesus moment of God's creation. You ever had those moments where like you can't help but see God in everything that is and these mountains, uh, all that is waking up probably sunrise or we're going to bed sunset. I don't know something about it. And it was this incredible moment. I mean, I'm just seeing all that God is in creation. And there was someone there from the community. And I and I asked them, I said, how incredible is it to wake up to this every day? And they said, I don't even see it. You know, we sang songs in worship about the joy of God, the peace of God. We sang about the reign of God, the authority of God. We sang about the presence of God. We sang about uh, a joy and, and a peace that we have in God. We sang a song that said, I'm a child of God. But how often do we, do we live in the goodness and become desensitized to all that's around us? Man, forget how good he tastes. How incredible he looks. It's just been what's always been. And so we take for granted God in our lives. And really for me, this year as I was considering this season, this year as I was talking about even next Sunday, I don't want... I don't want to be desensitized to what God is doing. I don't want to take for granted the power of God. I don't want to miss 
God's goodness that's been revealed, that's being revealed, and will always be revealed in my life because I'm a child of God. How often do I look at my kids and think of, thank you, Lord, versus oh my today? How often do I miss the joy that God has given me in my marriage? Do I, do I take for granted the ability that God has given me to be used of him as a pastor? Like there's so many things in our lives that, that we just don't see God is absolutely moving. I promise you, if you're a child of God, you've got something to be thankful for. If you're a child of God, there is something to give praise for. Why? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to use this verse because see, we have a tendency, sorry, I got ahead of myself, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. New Testament example of the Pharisees. They were doing all the right things. This verse, what was he talking about? They were giving to the poor. They were praying and fasting. And, and Jesus is looking at them and said, hey, look at these people. Don't be like them. He's using them as an example. Don't be like them. Because everything they're doing, they become desensitized to why they're doing it. They've forgotten why they're giving to the needy. They've forgotten the reason that they're praying and fasting. They're doing it so everybody else can see, so that we can announce with trumpets how great they are. They're doing it to feed themselves rather than honor me. I promise. The opportunity for Thanksgiving can be driven by flesh or can be driven by God. Because sometimes we look at Thanksgiving as an opportunity to brag. (laughs) What do I get to do? I get to show my family how good I got it and how bad they've got it. You know what I mean? Like, For us, for you and I, I want to make sure that my thanksgiving is a position of gratitude rather than taking God for granted. You see, because God, look at, at Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. I want to tell you, you've got something to be thankful for this year. Maybe you'll find something in these words. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and the south. Some they wandered in desert wastelands finding no way to a city where they can settle. So they ended up in Crawford, Nebraska. No, I'm just kidding. They were hungry and thirsty. Their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for what? His unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Because he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. You have something to be thankful for. God satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I will tell you, as a child of God, we should have an expectation for the goodness of God. I promise If you are hungry and thirsty, if you are seeking God with all that you are, there are good things that he's revealing in your life. 
There are probably great things. There are probably remarkable things. There are probably things that would cause others to stop and see nothing but how incredible God is that you take for granted, that I take for granted every day a love that endures forever. James chapter 1 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. God is a God who wants good for you. Remember that verse Jesus taught on, you know, who of you if a man would give your son a snake if he asked for bread or whatever it is, you know, would give him bad things? And how much greater would God give? How much greater would I give you? We've got a God who we serve. We've got a God who was, who is, and always will be, who has called us his children and wants to give us good things. If God wants to give us good things, my assumption is he's giving us good things. You know, sometimes my kids don't realize the good things that we give them. Just yesterday, we're not going to say who, one of my kids got in trouble. And he couldn't play a video game, and then his friend came over to the house. Now, his life was over when he couldn't play his video game. Everything was awful. Then his friend came over, and they wanted to play the video game. So what did he do? Very respectfully, Dad, can I play my video game? You better talk to your mom, because she's the one who took it away. I'm smart. That's wisdom. (laughs) Mom, can I play my video game? You know what mom did? She let him play her video game. Let him play a video game, not her. That would have given it away completely. (laughs) Later on, after the friend left, he got in trouble again and lost his video game. And you know how awful his life was? You know how much he missed the goodness of his mom? Like he couldn't see the goodness that she showed to let him play the game while his friend was there so he didn't just have to watch his brothers and friend play a video game while he couldn't participate. But how quickly he couldn't see. How quickly we can't see. How quickly we miss the good and perfect gifts that come from above. How quickly we take for granted forgiveness for sin that was, that is, and will come. How quickly we we stop seeing the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. How often we take for granted the love that endures forever in spite of what I do, in spite of how many times I screw up. You've got something to be thankful for. I love this. We're God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to say, you are the handiwork of God. 
You know, sometimes we're too busy looking at others and saying, I'm not them. Sometimes we're too busy comparing this way that we forget that God made you to be exactly who you are, to, to speak the way you speak, to love the way you love, to worship the way you worship, to serve the way you serve. But we're looking at others and saying, I'm not there. God made you, you. He put those things in you. He made me, me. I've said this before, the world only needs one of me, and the world definitely needs only one of Roy. Right? Well, and the world definitely needs only one of Tam and Casey and Luke and John and Mike, whichever Mike you want to say right now, we only need one. And when God made you, you, he knew the purpose that was coming. He knew the good works he needed from you. I tell you what, that's one of the most humbling and rejoicing things for me is when I realize God made me to be used by him. Like what a privilege. He calls us all, we're Christ's ambassadors. How incredible is the privilege that we get to represent the one who is, who was, and always will be. The God, the I am, the creator of heaven and earth. I get to represent him in this world. I get to show his love to my family. I get to show his love to our community. How cool is that? God, when he created you, said there's good works in you and through you to be accomplished. There's something to be thankful for. 1 Thessalonians, I'll get there. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Circumstances. I was Mike Tyson there for a second. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Everyone over the age of 35 understood that reference. Others may not have got it completely. If you look it up, watch a video, we made it in the lab. Um, Sorry. Rejoicing in all circumstances. I want to read... This is quite a long psalm. I want to read Psalm 147. It says, Praise the Lord. How good is it to sing praises to our God? How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Now, I want you to look as I read these verses of what the psalmist is praising God for. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the numbers of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the skies with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain. He makes the grass grow on the hills. See, sometimes there's things we take for granted. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor is delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants you peace 
to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. I mean, did you see all the things that psalmist chose to highlight about God? Yeah, there's the cool things. There's the building up of Jerusalem, the healing of the brokenhearted, the binding up of the brokenhearted. But he also determined the number of stars in the sky, and he named each and every one of them. He also fed the cattle. He also brought rain, and he put clouds in the sky. You know what's funny for me? He, he put, they were thanking God for the snow, right? You know what happens the first time it snows? Oh, how beautiful it is. Well, I tell you, you want to see people taking things for granted? You go through a drought and you have a year of a lot of snow. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't, look back at last year. Remember how dry we were? (laughs) And all of a sudden it snowed? And then it snowed? And it snowed? And we got stuck at home? And we had to, like, be with our family? And how quickly the goodness of God we became blind? How quickly we began to take it for granted? What God was doing? The sermon title today is, is More Than Enough. And my heart today is that is we spend a little bit of time, and we're going to have a little bit of time to worship. I've still got some more scriptures to read, so don't think I'm done just quite yet. This is really what God's been speaking to me. You know, so often I, I, I just wonder, I, I lose sight, and he wants to remind me he's more than enough. You know, sometimes we just do God that he's just enough. I love this picture in Scripture, that his declaration to us is that he's more than enough. Remember last week we were looking at at the bread of life, Jesus' representation of bread, this hard question they asked. And I went back to the beginning of John chapter 6. Does anyone remember what was happening at the beginning of John chapter 6? Okay, I'll tell you. Um, There was this, they were on the mountainside. Jesus was teaching to a bunch of people, and he had to do what? Feed them. So he takes the fish and loaves. And how does that story end? Well, I'm going to read it. When they all had enough to eat. They had what? They all had what? They all had what? Then what happened? He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves that were left over by those who have eaten. I read this scripture. I'm like, why is this in the word of God? Like, why do I need this part of the story? Couldn't you stop with the all ate? Some, some other translations of this story or other places in the gospel where we see it, they ate until they were full. Like, that's a great ending, right? Praise God. He's good. 
But I'm telling you, there's something intentional in these verses for you and I when we read them to see that God doesn't just give enough, but he gives more than enough. He gave more than enough that it became more work for the disciples, right? Can you imagine that job? Hey guys, we're done eating, now go pick up the pieces. And now we're on a mountainside and we've got 12 baskets to carry? He's a God who gives us more than enough. Philippians 4.19 says, God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you will need, you will abound in every good work. Listen to me. The God of the book, the God we serve, is a God of abundance. He's a God who gives more than enough. He's a God who is known, his reputation, his understanding. The way he's presented in the word of God is that he gives us more than enough. It's not just enough or maybe not enough, but he's a God who gives us more than enough. But we fail to recognize the abundance. And sometimes I wonder if we start to despise the work that comes because of the abundance. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? If it was more work for the disciples, God, why didn't you just do this my way? Just give us just enough, have it all cleaned up, every last crumb, everyone's full, that last bite, that was the last one. No, now I got more work. God is a God of more than enough. You guys can come forward. I think I like the goodness of God, if we could sing that song. As they're coming forward, I want to read one more verse. Well, it's a few verses in the book of Ephesians. This is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. It's my heart for us today. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to the power that has worked within us. To him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This morning, my prayer, the prayer I'm echoing from Paul to you today, is that you would take a moment to think about the love of God. That you would take a moment to think about the goodness of God. That maybe, maybe it's while you're here, maybe it's while you're going home, maybe it's when you're at home, but at moments this week that God grabs you. Moments where you wake up and you look at 
the splendor of all that is. And you can't help but thank God for who he is. My prayer is that no matter how high, no matter how wide, no matter how deep, no matter how long, that you could grasp the fullness of his love. That when you present thanksgiving, it's not ritual. It's authentic. It's not just because Pastor's going to make me say something, so man, I better come up with something to say next week so I don't feel foolish. But it's because you've recognized the goodness of God. But for you, in this moment, it may be the snow, it may be the rain, it may be the grass that grows, it may be the laughter of your children, it may be the the beauty uh, of your wife, it may be something in your life that you can take for granted, it may be his word that is jumping off the page and being made flesh in your life, whatever it might be, it might be the peace of God, the joy of God, the healing of God, the, the power of God, it might be just the assurance that he's never left me but he's always been with me man when I think about myself 14 what is it 16 years like she's still with me man it's been 45 years and he's still with me it's incredible in spite of me But he's still there. That's powerful. That his love endures forever. Don't take him for granted. This morning as they sing this this chorus, I'm just going to encourage you to, I think it's Psalm 46, says to be still and know that I'm God. This morning, I, I'm just going to ask you to pause just for a little bit and just be still. And in your stillness, begin to look. And some of you, you might need to pray a pretty profound prayer that says, Lord, open up my eyes so I can see. Lord, open up my, my heart so I can know what you're doing so that I can recognize your goodness, so that I can experience, so that I can be in awe of, uh, of what you're accomplishing. Pause. So many times worship. We talk about taking things for granted. How many times do we sing songs like I'm a child of God? I equate it to driving down the highway singing to the Beatles is what I say. No different. It doesn't matter if I'm this or that. It doesn't matter if there's a bad moon rising or not. I mean, I'm singing it just the same way I'm singing at church. How often do we take for granted what we're doing? As we sing this song about the goodness of God, I encourage you to just stop. You don't have to sing. Walton, Tam will sing loud enough for you, okay? If you want to sing, great. But think. And allow your eyes to see what God is doing. He's more than enough. 
His power is more than enough. His goodness is more than enough. Exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. Father, in these next few moments, speak to our hearts. God, as we're here, I don't want to take things for granted, God. God, if our eyes have become blind, if our taste has become desensitized, if our senses have become fatigued, our eyes blind, our ears deaf, open them up in Jesus' name. God, I pray that in these next few moments, that this week, that these next few weeks, we would have moments of, wow, moments of awe, moments of splendor, because of you and your presence in our lives. Help us in Jesus' name. Isaiah 12 said, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. And proclaim His name is exalted. One of my favorite stories from men's Bible study. There was a day where there was an incredible rainbow. And I don't remember who it was. But someone started the conversation. Must have been a very bold person to come to men's Bible study and begin to talk about the rainbow they saw. But you know what was compelling in that room? We all saw the rainbow. And when one began to talk about what the rainbow meant, how incredible the rainbow was, we had a men's Bible study where we were rejoicing the Lord for the rainbow that we saw. Your words, your gratitude is contagious. And someone might just be compelled to praise God because of the testimony that comes from your mouth about what God is doing. So my challenge, this is pastor, I get to have challenges. Be intentional this week about telling someone why you're praising God. Be intentional this week about telling someone about God's goodness that you've seen and recognized. And maybe, just maybe, something profound, something powerful, something eternal is accomplished. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. And may you never take for granted the love and the goodness of God. Amen? Be blessed.